Welcome to another episode of Where in the Fault. Today I'm Cecil, as always, and we got Mr. Henry Tolley up there. Uh, and we are joined today by the Beyond Top Secret Texan, Mike. Hey, Mike, where in the folk are you? Oh, I'm uh, broadcasting from the third coast right now in uh, a bunker built on the beach. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it's amazing to be on your guys' podcast. Very gracious to be on here. Uh, you know, we've gotten all the small talk out of the way. So let's uh, let's get into like the really heavy stuff as fast as possible. Let's hit it fast and hard. And, um, you know, hopefully you guys are, are going to um, really like, you know, like what you hear out there. You can find my uh, brand of content. It's primarily a podcast at this point. So you can find it on nine major distributors, plus a lot more from like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Beyond Top Secret Texan Podcast. Uh, I'm shadow banned uh, to hell and back. So you guys have to do a little Google foo or use DuckDuckGo. But it should pop, uh, pull up at least some of the major ones. If you have a preferred uh, distributor, really, you know, you, you check onto it. But it should be on there. Like all the distributors I've, you know, looked for and, and been able to find, I've, I've uploaded my content on personally. So Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's just all what, you know, I've, I've, I can uh, assure you is on there. Like my most popular ones. Um, YouTube, uh, Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, uh, just Beyond Top Secret Texan on YouTube. Just you can either at Beyond Top Secret Texan or youtube.com slash C slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. We'll get you right there. Uh, over 400 videos. If you want to watch the archive of content, I produce and make new ones full time, at least upload once a week. Got a top TikTok, got an Instagram for your daily uploads of social media to get you a little fixed that way. If you guys prefer that, I really like Instagram. It's a lot of fun and it's a uh, really rewarding. And, and like, you know, I like the interactions and comments I get. I like communicating uh, with my community there, you know, like sharing, uh, sharing media and stuff. Um, if you guys want to support me even further, um, you know, you check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash beyond top secret Texan. Um, every donation starting at a dollar gets you access to direct messaging, exclusive content, links, etc., and it helps fund citizen journalism, independent media, and uh, you know just real American conspiracy theory, UFO uh, investigative research, cryptid cryptozoology, you know everything um, obscure and uh, counterculture and underground. That's what's and up. And I've, I've actually went to sleep listening to you a couple times this week um, because I work all day and go to sleep early. But your your voice is so soothing. You go so deep. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and cool. episodes are like the, the one I'm on right now is like five hours or something. Yeah, that's what I said. It's primarily a podcast effort now. Yeah. And by that, I mean, I used to make like hour long YouTube videos, half hour long YouTube videos. But we just talked about the shadow banning and everything. So yeah. I'm going to give all my effort, energy at the time being to the podcast. And that's where if you want to hear my most recent uh, material, because mostly I'm a researcher and mostly I give uh, in-depth research, like uh, basically uh, essays and things like that on subjects. Uh, but in my own perspective, and I connect a lot of uh, pieces like ufology when it comes to cryptozoology or uh, you know different interconnected uh, time like you know 
from quantum mechanics when you study history and, and considering the effects of time travel or alien intervention, you know, ancient alien theory, whatever you guys uh, call it out there, uh, you know, personally, you should check out the podcast and see if it, if it, if it jives with you. It's like the, so many different subjects uh, from the occult to the, to the uh, black budget military side of things, you know, from, for sure. From, Dude, it takes a lot of dedication to rip out content like that. Yeah, and it, and it is amazing too. The content that you're putting out is awesome. I was listening to it and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> it, it's very low budget and low-fi, and that's because of my uh, grassroots and current situation. Exactly, like I'm a real person. I'm a real blue-collar, red-blooded American, um, and this is all because of. And it's like I've made a personal sacrifice in a lot of angles, in a lot of ways to to spend the time and, and take the, the brunt of it, you know, like, um, but it's all worth it in my opinion, because um, it's, it's being a real academic, it's being a real researcher, it's being a real journalist and it's being a real intellectual, um, you know, really seeking the truth, like really legitimately. And the most of my stuff is free. It's like, like 99% of my material I offer for free. I try to offer it through as many uh, the ways as possible. And, uh, you know, exactly like most of it, um, you know, is, is, is uh, specifically, like I tried my best to make it understandable. I'm trying to break down extremely complex uh, subjects in a relatable every man, everybody uh, type of language, because I believe that, that knowledge is power, but you got to make it understandable. You got to be able to teach so that people can learn and then they can get the knowledge and then they can get the power and then teach others. And it's, it's a matter of, uh, um, you know, uh, it, it's a, it's a crusade, a mission, it's an objective, but really, uh, you know, absolutely meant for uh, the people it's meant for everyone. And it, this is not for my glory. This isn't for, uh, he's like, it's, it's definitely not for fucking money. Because <laughs> like it's like one of those musicians that no one goes to the concert except for one guy, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna play my ass off for this fucking dude. It's like this guy is gonna hear this the concert of his fucking life. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like, I'll do it in spite of the fact that it's obscure, and because that's like the punk rock ethos that everyone you know the rebel spirit. Everyone, it, it could be speaking to literally no one, but the message is worth delivering, and you believe in it. And, you know, you got to roll the dice and let it let them land where they may. Absolutely. And so let's get into it. Uh, Tolly has worked up a series of topics for us. So where do you guys want to start? <laughs> so I, I would like to start, I think, just in because it's like more current, is the the fires and the bomb detonations going off in the Gulf of Mexico. Because I saw that you've done a lot of... Um, kind of poking into that yeah okay so to put it simply and um if you guys have any questions feel free to ask you know just just feel free to ask the situation as i understand it is twofold the very now infamous video of what appears to be a molten like eruption slash explosion yeah under the water surface that was being attended to by both, but it didn't have the oil spill um, connected. It didn't have any oil uh, spill connected to it or any environmental damage. It was this mysterious sustained fusion 
and it appeared to be upon just surface level up uh, like a a fusion reaction like a nuclear meltdown kept on the gulf of mexico right um that's what i believe was really going on because they were testing a solar simulator in that instance mm-hmm. that solar simulator is a real thing it is uh, it, it was uh, showcased for example in the brazilian olympics in 19 in 2016 it's a real technology. The Chinese are making artificial solar simulator suns that can reach millions of degrees, et cetera. And to do this, you're tempting fate because it's an extremely dangerous uh, experiment, right? Like, you know, you are creating an artificial sun that's hotter than the real sun. What better place to do that under the ocean and a seafloor laboratory created by, you know, the military or uh, the Navy specifically, and these different corporations, which is really what they're doing down there, and they can do. They can create nuclear reactors underwater. They create nuclear submarines. As I, like, they have nuclear incidences in the ocean relatively very commonly. It's all suppressed information, but that's what you people yeah. were witnessing. I was think that one was, of these, uh, that was oh, and the reasons why they use these solar uh, simulators under the sun, these artificial suns relates to a conspiracy theory known as the sun in the ocean at night. It's a very famous uh, conspiracy theory. It's deep, advanced level shit. People think it's uh, just a, a fake thing, but the ocean at the, in the, uh, the sun in the ocean at night refers to the fact that on the bottom of the ocean, it's pitch black. The bottom of the ocean is extremely cold. If you were going to have a colony down there, the easiest way to do it instead of having artificial lighting that wouldn't really even serve any real function. You know, you've seen the movie underwater or the abyss. Yeah. It, it, but it's even worse than that. It's extremely hostile down there. But if you parked one of these solar simulators down there, you could either add the warmth and benefit from light. The production, you would literally have a sun in the ocean at night. Wow. Yeah. And so one of these things goes critical and then you have to move it from the colony seafloor, but not, you know, like it basically let it burn itself out. Um, the explosions that are happening down there, I would attribute to, and probably why this thing went critical, one of what I call a kaiju or a titan, which is what was, you know, it's a real thing. And it's very obscure that anyone would speak about these subjects, but like Leviathan, yeah. biblical level creature size that are miles long uh, running on biologies that and physiologies that are more um, science than actual biology and it's like it goes into like this really deep shit about like our um, genetically engineering and, and the possibilities of evolution and the truth of the the like hollow earth and what radiation does to like cells etc like uh, it's an iceberg in itself but if one of these creatures, and I said that if they chose, because they're only an extreme threat or any real threat to anyone trying to colonize, say, Antarctica or the bottom of the ocean or the hollow earth, which is a real attempt at people. Like it's, it's a further colonization and here be dragons, here be monsters, mm. you know, and that's a real, exactly. When people would sail into the deep oceans, they would see sea monsters and shit. And then people would think that's a fanciful, let no, and the most extreme environments known to man there are the most extreme creatures known to man and uh when people think of giant creatures like anything from uh 100 foot to uh, 1000 feet 
to one mile, which is 5,000 feet, is like, like are, are longer, are, are larger. We're talking about creatures that um, defy sanity. Very much like if you're talking about eldritch horrors and stuff, where you think it's literally a mountain range, and then it gets up and moves. That's crazy. And you're like, exactly. Like you're you're talking about like see like Leviathan and the Bible was 300 uh, kilometers long. Jorgabond and Thor, uh, the Legend of Norse, who could wrap around the world. Um, you know, like and these are these are obviously um, exaggerations. But if it was 30 miles long, you know, it's still. I say, would, it's not you would think long, you would think that it could wrap around the world. Yeah. So, you, so after after the fire, which I mean, even people who are asleep still were like, "Okay, this is weird." There's a fire in the middle of the ocean, and they're trying to dump water on it to get it to go out. <laughs> like something, something isn't adding up. But then they they came out with the videos of of uh, the departments of defense setting off bombs yes that's what i'm saying they, they chase them whenever these kaiju appear the protocol is to exterminate or to absolutely contain and you know neutralize in in whatever way is possible do you think the bombs were to just like, like wrangle them in like into like an enclosure or something people don't understand how strong those bombs truly were they yeah. appeared to be understandable but the aircraft carrier in perspective is nine stories tall it is a thousand feet long that and they the explosion was over the bridge of the aircraft carrier and the the the, it was basically a, a a small yield neutron bomb that's what was the blue pulse that was visible from the surface underneath the ocean, especially ground zero or the point of uh, detonation, uh, it would have absolutely vaporized anything that was physical. As I'm saying, like, this is how you fish and hunt for sea monsters in these kaiju. It's that um, I believe you can kill Godzilla. The idea, though, is that it's more of a proactive and reactive thing. There's a reason why there's a lot of, like, submarines with um, torpedoes, anti-ship torpedoes still. We're not actively killing or hunting submarines or, or ships, but yet we still arm the submarines with these weapons. And for example, um, the scale of the earth is such that with satellite photography and with um, the, the sonar systems of the world, like NOAA has, uh, that were leftovers of the Cold War and stuff, the radar, um, you know, as long as they're staying far away from civilization, yeah, I don't think that we're we're just you know tacking and tracking them basically, right? You know, like like through our technology, everything like that. The threat isn't like apocalyptic, but it is very severe, and you know, it is like a, a type of natural disaster. But you know, they are they are still even if they're if they're exceedingly large. To the point of near unimaginable they could literally roam the earth without ever meeting a human being they could live for centuries completely isolated in in their own environments say for example the antarctic or the mountain ranges of the patagonia or the sahara desert or the steeps of mongolia where the population literally is like one person per square like hundred kilometers yeah, you know, like like Siberia, 
as I was saying, like they can keep them relatively very far away, but the only real threats are when mankind is extending itself into their realms. Now, like for example, the possibility for them showing up in Shanghai or you know, Tokyo, the classic, you know, monsters, you know, are attacking. They've built defenses specifically to keep that from happening. Tokyo Bay is extremely defended uh, by the United States Navy. That's what I say. It starts kind of, you're like, oh, but this is for conventional naval warfare. And then you're like, who is going to attack mainland China? Why are there so many missiles pointed at this China Sea? Why are they making artificial islands and staffing them with, like, you know, um, anti-air defenses and stuff? It's specifically to keep these creatures from getting close enough to civilian populations that they can't keep the secret anymore. And not only that, they're so large that they could literally, it's not a matter of them stomping down main street. They could just literally move straight across a city, (laughs) plowing literally everything in their path into the, into the ground without a second thought. It would be an afterthought for them to move like across Manhattan because they're like literally eight miles long themselves. They're as long as Manhattan itself. And they would just move like a turtle crossing a beach over skyscrapers, apartments, you know, crushing everything. And that's what they're trying to prevent. But New York Harbor does have submarines literally hanging out. They have uh, missiles on tops of buildings. They'll talk about this. The NYPD has like anti-air missiles and shit. Are there, have have there ever been any um, like underground footage of anything like? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the more guarded secrets. And this is uh, one of the questions you have on your list is about the UFO UAP disclosure. Big theory I have for that is it's all because they have to admit something. One of the things they're going to start admitting is the UFO phenomenon from there. They can start admitting everything else in time, but this is still one of the most highly guarded secrets and it's uh, the footage that they have captured comes from countries obviously that have these wilderness areas, Indonesia, a lot of village footage from like uh, Southeast Asia, Russia, Siberia, Northern Russia specifically was the closest to real civilization that one of them got to. And they, they were able to film um, the creature but because it's Russia, they have a censored internet, and they actually did round up a lot of the cameras and cell phones. It's available on, on the on the dark web. Uh, it's like a lot of the WikiLeaks stuff, deep stuff, involves mentioning of giants. Um, there was a lot of footage, even in America, of very strange sounds. Yeah, sounds I, no, I've seen biological that. In nature, uh, yeah. and, and the the town I went to college in. College Station, it had a incident where people were filming and recording screeching at a, on a thunderstorm, and it was sounded like a fucking Rodan or a pterodactyl. I'm saying, like, it's just, <laughs> it's silly to say, like, Godzilla's real, but, like, for example, in 1954, a Japanese uh, Antarctic scientific expedition with the captain and crew cited a creature in Antarctica that looked like Godzilla and they even drew it out. And this was, um, they obviously said, well, this is around the time Godzilla came out. It was pop culture. This is a Japanese Navy captain and a scientific crew and an Antarctica expedition. They're not going <laughs> to fuck around and joke with you. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's funny you say that because last week we interviewed a guy who had been to Antarctica for an extended period, and we were trying to tell him about some of the stuff, and he's like, "There's absolutely no way." Yeah. It, it's like there's, which you know, he wasn't much of a, a conspiracy theorist like us. He he was kind of had his head on straight. Well, a lot of that is not because you don't have your head on straight. So, for example, the the controversy of Antarctica. Do you know there are private military contractors that go to Antarctica? Yeah. Do you know a lot of the contractors that serve in Antarctica are from Lockheed Martin? Do you know, and that includes janitors, that includes cooks, everyone with top secret clearances. You know, that's a club. And that these people, when they do talk about Antarctica, fail to mention that their entire experience there is controlled from the top down to the point where they are told when they can go outside. They are told when they can talk to each other. They are told when they can piss. They can told when they can shit. They are told literally what their schedule is day in and day out. These people sometimes serve for years, decades on fringe bases, then come back to society and, and think they saw the entirety of Antarctica. Antarctica is the size of North America. You can take a guy and put him into uh, Canada, North Canada in the Hudson Bay, right? Did he see the whole of North America? Did he see right. the Mojave Desert? Did he see the grandeur? Of the, he saw Hudson Bay. And no, you can I, have a guy come out with so much swagger, like he's the biggest swinging dick because he spent a day, uh, <laughs> 10 years in the fucking cold of the Hudson Bay, and then say, there's no way anyone that pyramids, that's not true. I was in Hudson Bay. What Deserts, that's not true. I was in Hudson Bay. Um, Florida, that's not true. I was in Hudson Bay. <laughs> that's a good point. That that's a really good point. And they're paid, and they're uh, they're paid stipends and stuff. Where if they go and talk against the narrative in the mainstream, and this is a very uh, important part of the piece, of the puzzle too. Even doctors, everyone, if they ever dis uh, dispute or go against the narrative. Their stipends will be cut, their benefits will be cut, and it's the real world. And no one wants, and they said that's how they control these paid operatives and keep them on the straight and narrow. Um, cryptids, as far as Antarctica goes, there are a lot of leaks about the cryptids that are down there. Um, everything from dragons to mammoths to uh, giant squids, serpents, um, you know, real giants, real humanoid giants, um, you know, everything from like, uh, yeah, from the Nephilim, whatever you want to call it, uh, exactly, like down to the, the ancient um, idea of like stone giants, stone trolls or whatever, living in cave systems, UFOs aplenty. There's a channel called uh, Florida Maquis on YouTube who looks at Google Earth images of Antarctica. Yeah. And on the surface of the ice, you can see civilizations, you can see skeletal remains of like um, sea monsters frozen in ice, gigantic sharks. Um, it, one of them was a very crystal clear image of a, of a, what it looked like a ship, like a yacht with a giant squid pulled up beside it. The giant squid was bigger than the ship. <laughs> and that's, that's something that kind of, throws me off when people say that this is completely impossible because the what is it the giant is it is it a squid it's not even a squid it, the they didn't discover they found a giant oh my god i'm blanking but they found basically a giant squid 
it was a myth until they found it in like 2006. What was it? Well, there was like there's there's a lot with squid science that is um, like new. Like they just saw a giant squid in in 2004 for the first time. Uh, they filmed it, I think, in 2006. You're right. They filmed it for the first time in 2006. Um, so yeah, but that's saying a lot that they found the giant squid in the I believe the 17 or the 1800s. It was a myth until then. And these things were washing up on beaches, uh, being encountered by fishermen. It's just the mainstream universities and, and things like that. They're not out there in the water. They don't so, go to the, to the sea. They get all think, their information and control. Like I said, like it took until the 1800s before scientists found it. But the giant squid's always been down there. The colossal squid's always been down there. They're only cryptids to us. They're only unknown to us. Like he's like, they know who they are. They know what they are. So do you they, think they, it's just getting to the point? Because you were talking about disclosure earlier. Do you think it's just getting to the point to where, like, they don't have an option but to start letting some of this stuff loose? No, it, it's kind of like um, it's not their choice to keep the secret. Whether or not the, the, the extremity of the secret is cultural and it varies. There's phases of it where you could get locked up in a mental institution decades ago if you said something like this. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. And that's how they kept that <laughs> secret. Or if you worked at NOAA and you came into Antarctica and you saw a dragon, you could get locked up at a mental institute if you said that. Right? It's much easier to say you saw a UFO. It's much, it's, trust me, that's what I'm saying about the UFO, UFO thing. It's much easier to say UFOs. People believe in ghosts, but don't believe in this shit. <laughs> they, no. they think you're that's like, That's like people will straight up think like their dead relative is haunting <laughs> their fucking house or they got possessed by a demon. But they well, don't believe that a squid can get like 200 feet long. There's there's one thing that I have to ask or I'm going to get uh, – I'm going to catch hell. So from our good friend uh, Frankie, who is a skeptic of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he, he's, he thinks all this stuff's a waste of time. But anyway, in the, in the video where they detonate that bomb – he said that it looks like there's a ship in the middle of where that detonation goes off or like a, a smaller boat. And he wanted me to ask if you knew what that was. Cause in his mind, he's like, if the bomb cost 400 grand or whatever it was, 400 grand, like the, if nothing else. he was like that, that why would they blow up a perfectly viable ship to blow that bomb up? Oh, well, like, I have to go back and review the uh, video, of course, but I think um, you're not talking about the aircraft carrier. You're saying that there was a ship inside the water. Yeah, if you look, like, in the middle like of the submarine? circle. It was, a, yeah. it was a different explosion, too. It, it wasn't the one from the aircraft carrier. It looks like there's a ship right here, and then the bomb goes off, and, like, it takes uh, my My theory is that it was something just holding it at depth, like, so that the bomb didn't go too far down. Yeah. I will have to review the tape. I am um, not uh, familiar enough with it, like from like memory, like like from memory right now to, to remember in picture perfect detail. So I don't want to say one thing or another. I will go back and look at it and see if I if I missed some details. It's a um, it's a different bomb, is what it is. It was it wasn't the aircraft carrier one. It was a completely different one. There's a, I'll, I'll check it out. They did, it, they did it over multiple days. They did it over four or five days. There was either an aircraft carrier or a destroyer in that video, Cecil. 
That's where they no, they've, they've done multiple explosions. They did four or five different explosions over the – I believe it was four. They did four explosions over four different days. Yeah. One of them was uh, the Gerald Ford shock test, and the other ones were the testing of – yeah. And it, it, it they were all the Gerald Ford shock test, actually. And um, it was um, – exactly. The, it was definitely a, a way of, hey, look, we're testing the ship's uh, the <laughs> shock but that was actually a way of explaining a way uh, – you know, you're right. Like, they wouldn't do that with an explosion, you know, with with that the largest – there was like a 40,000-pound explosion, um, you know, highest-tech kite bomb. It, it's, it's just off the coast of Florida. It's a very absurd cover story. We just want it's, to see what it would do. Exactly. It's a very <laughs> absurd cover story. We're fishing for shark. (laughs) You think it's kind of funny, but didn't Godzilla show that, you know, hey, they have these weird fucking weapons, these pulse weapons that when they, like I said, in the King of All Monsters in 2019, they hit him with the oxygen destroyer and it has this weird green shockwave. And you're like, that they have those. They Every script that features the military has to be read and approved by the Pentagon. They read that script and said, yeah, that sounds fucking cool. That's what we do. That's exactly right, too. It's kind of like that chaos magic. Ain't? Like They have to pretty much tell us what's happening in order to get the luge from it, basically. Well, like Independence Day was reviewed by the military, and they were like, all right, like exactly, they, they, nothing gets by them without them basically giving their stamp of approval, and it, it, it's because it's not out of the realm of reality. If they were seen in any light besides the what they really do, I'm saying like it's it's kind of uh, where because they tell us about it in a very dramatic way, we don't. Like it's the Alex Jones thing. That if he if he yells it at you, you won't believe him. But he was telling you the truth the whole time, and it's how they control the narrative from um, these these agents. They tell it, to, they tell you the truth, they show you what's going on, but they've already hypnotized you in a way that they can do it with like you have a veil over your face, and you you have the suspension of disbelief. You have that you're under their spell. That makes sense to me. And this will do. This will this will be a good leeway into my subject that I was excited about. Um, you brought up mammoths on about Antarctica, so there's a chance that you know, and they probably are still alive. How about living dinosaurs? Oh yeah, um, the whole subject is an umbrella term, basically living dinosaurs, living prehistoric animals. Um, you know, animals from the ice age or from other ages. It really is more of a questioning and you throw out time you throw out that whole sense of time and and paleontology they don't know anything about the geological formation of the earth they don't know anything about natural sciences really like zoology biology and adaptability survivability uh you know the, the the life will find a way type philosophy you need to embrace that philosophy that chaos theory to really accept living dinosaurs in an umbrella term that's why a lot of skeptics and people who are like show me evidence like that there's no way my textbook says that was 60 million years ago how could they survive for 60 million exactly and you're like that this that was that's the false proposition if you if your first step on the journey is in the wrong direction 
you know, you're never going to get to where you, where you want to go, which is making sense of the world and what people are seeing. Um, things like the T-Rex uh, and the mammoth, they could have coexisted simultaneously along with early man and still do because there is nothing really to suggest that these were ancient, ancient animals any more than like an elephant is an ancient animal in the fossil. As they like everything, it's that's not so much. I'm saying new earth theory or yeah, you can find them. But if you find really fossils of anything, it, yeah, you can or or nothing. Many <laughs> dinosaurs uh, don't have complete fossil records. Many of them are just really uh, presuppositions and and fragmentary uh, fossils. Like a perfect example, the megalodon. No one knows what it really looked like. No one knows how it really acted. Only people find the teeth. And then they, okay, I was watching the uh, Josh Gates Expedition Unknown Megalodon episode. Yeah. The head paleontologist with a serious face said, these teeth are three million years old. <laughs> Josh Gates looked down where he was standing and picked up a tooth that was just hanging out in the mud. He just was like, hey, it's not broken. It not eroded. It just had a clump of dirt that he brushed off with his fingers. And they were like, look at that. Look at this. And you're like, this man has been told a lie and, and, and promoted for believing this lie, which is these teeth are three million years old. They are not even an inch. They are not three inches in the dirt. And the yeah. same thing with like people who say, yeah, I was just walking and I found a T-Rex skeleton. So what I think that is just floating around in oceans, floating on up to the. <laughs> well, it means that, for example, like there could be the interior seaway could have just literally evaporated a few hundred years ago. And that what we walk on and think is Kansas or Montana or, Col or like Wyoming was the bottom of the ocean oh, yeah. 200 years ago. And that we have, he's like, this is where you start accepting things like maybe they are lying to you about timelines and history. This is why they want to keep this stuff really suppressed and, and treat it like it's the most insane theory in the world where they're like, there could be no dinosaurs because 60 million years. And you're like, shut up with the 60 million year part. You don't know when like I said, they have found ichthyosaur and plesiosaur fossils on the sides of the shores of Loch Ness. And they don't want to put two and two together that the thing is still alive and these were just recent carcasses or corpses. They want to think, oh, well, 60 million years ago, they did <laughs> swim here. But because, oh, well, they say, well, 60 million years, they, well, they are all but gone. there's no way that they could still be here. <laughs> well, so, there's no way it was 60 million years ago. What? How do you know it was 60 million years? And they say, well, we have science and you have a apparatus of institutionalized bullshit. And you do this because you can create a stranglehold on things like uh, knowledge and understanding and you can gain the superiority. And if you look into like dinosaur history, it's all like Freemasonic and like Royal Academy of Sciences, like Oxford. People literally just like made up the shit, like the term because they were finding teeth and they were like, oh, these are lizard teeth, dinosaur, terrible lizard, thunder lizard. And you're like, they didn't have any grain of credibility beyond the fact that these were men who could read like it like, was that was their only attribute to the, like you know they didn't have any prior education or expertise it was just guys who were like yeah i, I like seashells let me see that oh yeah that's a tooth. <laughs> yeah that's a tooth of a lizard a big lizard dinosaur and, and like they look at the first statues they had no concept of what the hell they were talking about and it's obviously um 
a point where there are modern observations that are being incorporated into what we call paleontology, like the idea of feathers on um, smaller dinosaurs, the idea of wings. It's because there have been captured velociraptors in Africa with feathers, and there are photos of these. The wow. T-Rexes, um, uh, I remember we, we were talking before this uh, recording about T-Rexes. In, T- in Texas, T-Rexes are still sighted on the border. They are only three to uh, five feet tall and much longer than they are tall, right? But they are honestly in, unmistakable T-Rexes. They have photo- uh, photographic evidence of them, and they're seen all the time by the locals, immigrants, and the, in the wilds, though. Texas is a big place, and we're talking about people who live in the bush, people who live in the brush, the, the shrubland, farmer, rancher types who are like, yeah, I looked outside my window. This thing was running across my field. It was a two-foot-tall T-Rex. You know, like, what? Yeah, why would I make that story up? I have, You know, like, I, I am a no-bullshit Texas rancher, and I saw this little two-foot T-Rex, like, running around my yard, and there are video evidences of it, um, oftentimes mislabeled as, like, chupacabra, or whatever. No. But, um, the reality of it, though, is that there. If you look at you online, tiny T Rex, two feet tall. Google will bring up, um, oh, Scientific America, the Nano T Rex. It was only two feet to, to three feet tall. Recently discovered in Texas as a fossil, and you're like, ah, you clever sons of bitches. Like <laughs> you just basically uh, quit the quaddle. Uh, there was a pterodon, a type of pterosaurus, right? Not a true dinosaur. Don't fucking at me. I'm not an idiot. I have a, a multiple colors. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, people think, like, you just don't know anything about dinosaurs. Fucking at me. Um, I, I'm one of those kids who watched Jurassic Park in theaters. Uh, it's one of those things, like, how people fucking, like, obsess over the moon landing because they were like, I watched that shit, you son of a bitch liar. <laughs> like, you molested me as a kid, like, through the TV. Like, they, like that one guy who chases down the astronauts, like you become like a crusader because the thing that you were really like believing in, you realize is all a lot because the truth is so much more fantastic. The truth is so much more realistic and, 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 and awesome that these things are still alive. They're natural creatures in our ecosystem. Um, the idea though that like reptiles dominated and they got this advanced and then died off because of a disaster and never again did it like never again stood up on two legs they were on two legs uh they had big and long necks they were hundreds of feet long they were crazy awesome titans and they existed for hundreds of millions of years then an asteroid hit and never again did a lizard stand up <laughs> never again <laughs> did, it, did, did one of those things decide or anything else decide you know what i'm gonna become like a dinosaur big and like you know crazy and awesome with like sharp teeth and like we don't have mammals that are that large we don't have mammals that walk on two legs like you know as bipedal as they want us to believe raptors and t-rexes and things were it's odd and people think like um oh well you know it's just life life is weird like that you know evolution it's all random it's all then you think well if that was such a successful model convergent evolution at least would see that those body designs were recreated. So I'm not saying that every dinosaur that people see or is an exact, like, you know, a, a continuation or that exact thing where it's like, oh, that's a plesiosaur or an elasmosaur or bronchiosaur or whatever. That I'm saying it's an animal that has evolved to fill that niche, to exist 
either either it's the same one not ruling that out but it could also be for example um a type of whale that that is grown to look like a type of sea uh, marine reptile because it's an extremely successful body plan you know and the things that we're seeing in loch ness are like a, a version of a pinniped or a dolphin that has evolved to look like a eel you know a very successful body plan if it evolved to look like a dolphin in the first place then why exactly you're limiting the idea that it could change its body shape to that of a serpentine version even though you say that previously serpentine whales of great size existed basilosaurus which is a theory that say champ in lake champlain is a basilosaurus you know these are these are smaller than the creatures i i was just referencing that these are you know obviously and surprisingly not very large most leg monsters are only between two and three or four meters long, which is only like six to six to like 12 feet long. So we're not talking like behemoths. We're talking about smaller um, cetaceans like whales, dolphins, or marine reptiles that can easily go um, uh, unfounded. And thing- even large creatures like 30 to 40 foot ones could just not surface things like in popular that's still very small compared to the size of lakes lake so Erie, to, to tie that back in you know i know we were talking earlier about these you know just unimaginably large animals that probably have like like you said it kind of goes from from physiology into science um there was there was something it was probably a tiktok that i saw um where it was talking about like you know anunnaki and stuff like that and like gold refining and that there was a type of um, a type of refined gold that allowed things to live like an unusually long time and i can't remember the name of the gold but it it by those accounts it glowed what and if you took it it potentially could expand your life by like a thousand years is what they said. I need that. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I believe you're talking about monatomic gold. Yes. Uh, yes. Monatomic gold. Yeah. It, no, it's absolutely true. And um, the easiest way to it's, it's not that hard to do get edible gold flake online buy high quality edible gold flake you get what you pay for i bought mine from an la um bakery and it's confectionery gold for like really uh fine edible desserts get that and then mix it with um alcohol like your your choice of alcohol like literally like vodka or, or whiskey or whatever you're speaking take, my language <laughs> you're right let it dissolve shake it all around you make gold schlager basically and but you make it super concentrated not like the they, they don't give you anything really in gold schlager like it's like really refined like the weight of it's less than uh 0.000 like whatever you know like micrograms or whatever like really like you know put that gold let it soak into it and then take it and um it will absorb because it's edible gold anyway into your body it's the same trick these ancients did they ate gold they um, ate and, and consumed heavy metals like copper, silver. They wore jewelry that was heavily involved with crystals. Um, the, the classic image of a king with his jewels. And he wasn't pimping. Those were crystals that were helping out his health 
that's what I'm saying. Like he would wear like a crown full of like aquaria, uh, like you know, um, aquamarine and ruby and like rose quartz. And over time, people think, oh, those are the crown jewels. Those are spiritually like you know charged rocks, like precious materials. The gold and the crown would help him uh, psychically connect with higher levels of existence, communicating with God. Um, well, and to even get into even to get into where they um, allegedly found this chest, which, you know, there's a whole, a whole breakdown that there were apparently force fields protecting these things. It was like in 2002, I think when they found satellite images and went to investigate, I can't remember the life of me where it was, but um, in order to, to pass these fields, you had to be in a higher consciousness. I do have a question. Um, you said that he wasn't pimping because he's <laughs> there a possibility that he could have also been pimping as well. Can't you do both? Maybe our understanding of pimping is really a um, understanding of this magic, this mojo, because the idea of the street pimp in uh, African-American <laughs> society is a voodoo priest. Really? In urban society. Yes, absolutely. You, you look at voodoo priests and the high collar, the hat, the walking cane, the large platform boots, they've been wearing that outfit for hundreds of years. It represents a voodoo god named Papa Mocho and or Papa Macho. And Papa Macho is literally the embodiment of like male energy and like mischief. And he's kind of like a trickster Loki figure. But that's why pimps like cult because it's all genetic and, and legacy and tradition. Our legacy, we don't like to think of it, is still the latest edition of traditions that go back hundreds and hundreds of years. And we like to think we invented everything and everything, but if you had a camera and can go back 200, 300 years, you'd find people that looked exactly like us that had conversations just like us. Uh, spiritually, it would be identical. Like, like you would not feel lost. For I mean, example, in Shakespeare's England during his time, the common language sounded like American English. I've always, really, uh, yeah. I've always heard that the English back then sounded more like the way we talk now. Exactly. Like we could go back to American Revolution times and the accents and the way we speak now would be very similar to how uh, common people in America were speaking. Like the same English, the same, same amount of inflection and words. Our culture would be the same. Like you'd know what a bar was. You'd know people getting drunk. You'd know exactly how to eat. Like you could, exactly, you could, you could feel at home hundreds of years and that's the thing of the illusion of time uh, people have a superiority complex with the present moment and i think that's a big deal with skepticism is you see this idea of like uh, you, you the always the same criticism like why in 2021 haven't we been able to prove sasquatch exists or prove ufos are real and you're like it's not it's that present year bullshit like why in present year has this not happened and you're like it's it's not taking responsibility for true uh, human progress and achievement. And it's, it's in fact denying anyone before you like legacy past roots, all that, anything that they knew, any knowledge they really had. Uh, for example, native Americans talked about Thunderbirds. They talked about dragons. They talked about uh, lake monsters. They talked about Sasquatch and modern day scientists are indirectly calling them wrong. They're calling them superstitious. They're calling them primitive. And these are the people who 
had this land for hundreds of years. Well, and that goes that also ties into to what you were talking about maybe before we rest- started recording, um, like how the Rockefeller Foundation completely redone what we think of as medicine even. Yeah. Yes. Like, like I mean, the, the kind of stuff that Native Americans and ancient cultures had, um, not even ancient, but pre-Rockefeller cultures, um, a lot of the stuff, I mean, there's, there's a cure, basically a cure to everything. Well, Rockefeller is a very interesting figure, and he not only controls medicine, but he's much more of a shaper of our society than we want to imagine. And definitely there was a coup when it comes to the real authority. And what we know as the federal government is the corporation that Rockefeller created called the United States. And Rockefeller was that company's first president. In fact, the president the notion of it that we've been lied to and put into revision in history was really only created during that time. The the idea of the Rockefeller, everything from the great depression um, and the past forward has been scrubbed of that. But for example, Rockefeller was sending like Admiral Byrd on a mission to Antarctica in the forties as if though he was the Supreme commander in chief of America. I know it's he just it's he was wise enough not to put his name on any paperwork, really, <laughs> because something like this is the idea that you, you your leaders are selected by the true shadow puppeteers, controllers of the of America. Rockefeller was literally the richer than the United States. He had billions of dollars in a time when that meant he was what he literally had most of the world's wealth under his direct possession. And when people say like, oh, well, he, with him and Tesla, yes, he could, he suppressed technology. He decided what people were privileged to. And what we're talking about censorship from the academic level, he made universities. He's the one who paid for them. He's the one who paid for everything, cities to be constructed, the highway system. Well, yeah, any, anyone at the time who even spoke about holistic medicine or anything like they were considered kooks because of him and he built the mental asylums you're right he's like he would build the sanitariums and then make the laws and then hire the doctors and that's how he's like he controlled society because he had more money than anyone else in society to a, a degree where he had even more money than society itself you could have everyone in america together and they sort of could not equal his wealth and it, it's very much say that, yeah, he doesn't have to say he's the, he doesn't have to be elected at that point. He just is the de facto boss of the United States. <laughs> and that's the thing people don't realize that he was a legacy. He lived for a long time and his children uh, and his, uh, like, you know, um, executive like uh, officers, the people he trusted continued his vision. And those are the people we're battling against now. Those are the people we're trying to spread the truth against the will of, you know, um, in front of them, because they're the ones who created the order that all UFO sightings will be secret, that all, um, you know, interactions with um, crypto terrestrials or ultra terrestrials, other intelligent life forms, other intelligent species on Earth. Um, And this is a huge thing. They were like, mankind will not talk to other creatures on earth even if they're from earth they just will we will not and that's secret numero uno basically then um the the creation of the false narrative of the past um the creation of 
the academic system to control the populations, et cetera, uh, everything. And um, basically, I mean, we're in a, we're between a rock and a hard place because the only solution is a military junta. But you're right. Like, this is the reason why the military is now disclosing it because they're no longer under the order of these Rockefeller um, cabalists, basically. But will this truth ever officially come out? Mm. Probably not because the secret is so big that it's easier to keep it. Yeah. The secret is so big that it's much easier and much more convenient for the powers to be whoever they are to never bring it up like uh, there's all this talk about uh, a savior and everything name one person in any amount of power that will say the moon landings were a hoax <laughs> right. my dad no one will ever admit that the moon landings are a hoax in power because that is the one thing that's the sacred cow that's the sacred like it's obviously fake the moon landings afterwards were even faker. They were in more like obviously like flawed and botched, uh, you know, theaters. And I believe we're on the moon. I believe we're in space. And I believe we're talking to aliens. But I know that those Apollo missions are absolute fucking uh, dog and pony show theatrics. Like a guy on strings level of like bullshit. And they have everyone believing such a big lie. That, that no one, even if they believe in the truth, like, you know, your, uh, your ufologists and stuff will ever want to question that. And they can, they control everyone. They got everyone by the balls at that point, because, you know, if, you know, you're willing to accept one lie. They're willing to accept all the lies. 